1: Good morning, Quail Lakes Baptist Church. It is, a, it is a blessing and a privilege to be here with you this morning um, to worship and praise our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen? Um, my name is Brandon Smith. I'm the Director of Young Adult Ministries here at Quail, which is basically anybody between the ages of 18 to 35 and um as you heard a minute ago, um, I appreciate that I got awarded the scholarship before service, so no matter what happens from here on out, that's, that's already done, and you guys are all my witness, so I appreciate you being here for that. Um, because of the, the blessing of being able to go through the, the business meeting together as a group, that cuts into a little bit of our time this morning, so we have a shortened uh, time for the message, so we're not going to waste any time, and we're just going to jump right in. So I'm going to open us up in a word of prayer, if you'll join me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I just thank You for this opportunity to open up Your Word and to talk about uh, um, something that's that's been on my heart, Lord, and that's missed opportunities. So God, we just we ask for a moment of clarity, a time that we can put away the distractions of the world and just uh, uh, come into worship uh, with You and to uh, to be a, um, a student of Your Word. God, we thank You. We pray this in the name of uh, Your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Alright, so today, as I mentioned, I'm going to talk about missed opportunities. Opportunities. Opportunities, these um, these circumstances that we find ourselves in from time to time, uh, which could be anything from a simple witness to someone or helping someone, um, a situation in which God has laid before us and unfortunately we fail to capitalize on. These opportunities that could have been used to make an impact uh, in the kingdom of God or this community, which we fail to take, which I would just add right at the beginning, I believe we are all guilty of this. All of us, uh, from time to time, for one reason or another, have opportunities before us, put there by God, that we, we fail to, um, uh, to serve faithfully in. I want you to imagine this morning, uh, as I get up to present a message to you, if instead of standing here at the pulpit, I, I get up and I just go take a seat at one of the choir chairs and I pull out a newspaper and begin to just read the newspaper in front of you guys for 20 minutes. That would be probably pretty awkward. Potentially embarrassing for, for me to publicly um, refuse to meet an opportunity that I have been given to speak from God's Word to you. But it would also probably be pretty frustrating for you to to see me squander an opportunity like that so publicly. And then I want you to imagine what would happen when Pastor Mark comes back next week. You know, he's not here. There's a chance he wouldn't see it. But probably he's going to go online and we record all of our sermons and he'd probably just want to see how things went. And instead of seeing a message that, you know, I spent time trying to... Um, you know, study and write and said he sees a video of me for 20 to 30 minutes reading the newspaper. Let me ask you this. Do you think he would be eager to give me more opportunities in the future? Probably not. Why would he be eager to give me opportunities in the future when I clearly couldn't care about the opportunities in which I already have? If I'm not going to be faithful in the tasks already given to me, why would it be assumed that I would be faithful in future tasks? And what's interesting here is how, unfortunately, how often we all are guilty of these missed opportunities um, that I would argue are just as important as me getting up and um, speaking to you for 20 minutes, even though the opportunities that we may miss more regularly probably wouldn't be as, as public, they'd be more private. There are those missed opportunities that if we didn't declare them and say that you missed it, nobody would probably ever know. They're kind of like closely kept secrets. My first point this morning is that there are no closely kept secrets with God. God sees all. And our focus should be on not disappointing our Heavenly Father even more than we're concerned with disappointing our peers. We should have a greater fear of God than we do of man. I want you to think of it this way, if um, kind of going along with this same illustration of me preaching a message to you, after this Sunday service, if when I'm on my way home and I see someone on the side of the road and the Lord puts it on my heart to stop and talk to that person, and for whatever reason, for one reason or another, maybe I'm scared, maybe I'm rushed because my, my schedule's too busy, for one reason or another, I don't stop. And I fail to meet that opportunity that God has put before me. Even though no one else saw that, it would be, um, it would be a private failure, but God has seen it. Again, there are no private failures when it comes to God. You see, our private failures, the things, uh, done behind closed doors are actually not private. And, but I want to leave us with an encouragement when we, when we start talking about the reality that we all have failures and we all miss opportunities, um, I, my heart is that this message will be one of encouragement and not discouragement. And what, what I want to point out first is that in all of our failures, God's grace surpasses our failures. God's mercy loves us in our failures, even after countless mistakes, slip ups, and missed opportunities, God still loves us and is acting in us to make us stronger and more capable. God wants us, God wants me and you and everyone in this room to make an impact in this world. He wants to give us tasks that will make a difference in this world. But He will also help us to accomplish the tasks that He lays before us. If we are faithful to His call, His call are the opportunities that He puts in front of us. If we're faithful to His call, He will strengthen us to accomplish the task. God will not call you to a task or present you with an opportunity just for you to fail. God will not call you to um, a task that He's not going to be a part of. The reason that we miss opportunities is because of us, not because of God. Oftentimes, the majority of our missed opportunities uh, arise from one of three things. Insecurity. I can't do it. I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I can't speak clear enough. Fear. We don't know how they're going to respond. Or pride. I can do it on my own. The key concept for us this morning is this. When we are full of self-doubt, Pride or fear, we miss opportunities to impact this world with the good news of Jesus Christ. The key to being impactful is faithful humility. I want to read a passage for us. Uh, We'll have it up on screen for you. If not, if you want to turn to it, it's 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, uh, verse 26 through 31 says this. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. What might it look like for us to miss an opportunity? But actually, even before we ask that, I think we first need to ask the question, why should we, as the body of Christ, as believers in Jesus Christ, why should we even seek to not miss opportunities? Why is that important? Why should we strive to not miss the opportunities that God puts before us. Romans 12.1, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Because of God's mercy, because of His love for us, we ought to worship Him fully. We ought to worship Him genuinely and wholeheartedly, not just on Sunday mornings, but as a way of life. God's love for me is displayed to me 24-7, 168 hours of the week, 365 days of the year. The question becomes, is my love for Him displayed the same? Am I in active worship always? Which, of course, this does not mean a constant state of singing. This passage in Romans tells us that true worship is manifested as offering ourselves up as a living sacrifice, dedicated to serving and pleasing God. This is genuine worship. Therefore, because of God's great mercy shown towards us, His love for us, we can never be satisfied with missed opportunities to make this God known to this world that desperately needs Him. This is what leads us to this point of asking ourselves, to encouraging us and for us to be wanting to become better and more faithful and better stewards of the opportunities that God puts in front of us. So what does it look like to miss an opportunity? Maybe due to something like fear or insecurity. I think to Exodus, uh, chapters 3 and 4, we don't have time to go through them uh, as a whole, but maybe you're familiar with the story. This is is where God speaks to Moses and tells Moses, go into Egypt, be my mouthpiece. And Moses basically says, I'm not the right guy for that job. You're going to need to find someone else. And then God's response is trying to encourage Moses, saying, I'm going to be there with you. I will help you. You can do it with me. And Moses' response was still, no, I can't I can't be what you need me to be. Please find someone else. Moses was not a comfortable public speaker and did not feel like he was capable to meet the task that God was calling him to. Doesn't this sound unfortunately familiar to what goes through our head sometimes? So it's like there's no way I can do what God is asking me to do. That's not part of my gifting. That's a task for someone else to accomplish. I could never get up in front of a crowd of people and share my testimony. I could never turn to the person standing behind me in the grocery store and share with them the hope that I have in Christ. I could never quit my job Like you're calling me to. I could never uh, give up financial security. Here's the truth all of those things running through our heads that we say, uh, when we say we aren't up to the task, that we're not strong enough to pull it off, usually those voices are true. God gives us tasks, God gives us opportunities in which we need Him to accomplish. Oftentimes we fail because we foolishly try to do things on our own strength, which is never sufficient. God doesn't give us tasks that He is not needed in. Everything we do fulfills two purposes. One, it meets an initial purpose. This could be the witnessing to somebody. But secondly, uh, when we are obedient to God's call, it draws us closer to God. God doesn't call you to a task because you're strong enough to accomplish that task. He calls on you so that in your faithfulness and obedience, God can accomplish something through your weakness. Verse 26, brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. None of the people that Jesus used to make these amazing global impacts, the kind of impacts that we as believers want to be a part of, we want to make God known in this world. None of these people that we see throughout history were qualified or even viewed as capable. He didn't set out to create this dream team of influential public speakers, political leaders that had a following. No, he chose fishermen and tax collectors and uh, illiterate, shy people. Yet they were able to accomplish great things, not because of who they were, but because of the one whom they were following. And the same goes for us. So the question is why? Why would God do that? What does God possibly have to gain from intentionally setting out to use unqualified people? And it's simple. It demonstrates His power instead of man's. There's no question that the disciples were serving the one true God because they never would have been able to accomplish what they did outside of God. And this is the same for you. God will not call you to a task and then leave you to fail. Sometimes it may feel that way. Sometimes you may not understand why you're doing what you're doing or why God's calling you to do what you're doing. There's so many other people who could do this task better. You may feel completely overwhelmed, but that is when God demonstrates His power in your weakness. Don't let your weaknesses stop God from doing great things through you. If you uh, you refused to accept any task that you knew you weren't strong enough to complete upon your own strength, if you refused anything that you didn't think you could do, all you're doing is guaranteeing that no one will ever see the strengths of the Lord demonstrated in your life. One of the greatest testimonies of your life are the things in which you accomplished that could never have been done without God's help. If we want to be effective, living sacrifices for our merciful and loving God, worshiping Him fully, genuinely, as He deserves, we need to humble ourselves and come to a place of joyfully accepting our weakness. Joyfully accepting that we're not strong, but God is. We should embrace our weakness and rest on the strength of the Lord. Verse 27, but God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. Now, we don't want to be shamed. So in the context of this passage, we want to be the foolish things of the world. God chose the weak things of the world. That's that's us. To shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things. Again, us. And the things that are not to nullify the things that are. Why Why does God... Choose the foolish to shame the wise or the weak to shame the strong. Verse 29, so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God that is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts boast in the Lord. The truth is that me and you have absolutely nothing in our life that we can boast of other than Christ. For us to boast in anything that we've ever accomplished would be foolish. When a person addicted to drugs for 20 years finally gets clean, who gets the glory in that? Should that man boast of his own strength? Or should that man fall to his knees and praise for the mercy and love of Christ. James 17, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. Every good thing in your life, as you sit here this morning, every good thing in your life is a precious gift of mercy and grace from our Heavenly Father. Let us not forget that. Satan wants you to forget that. Satan wants you to take credit for the work of God in your life. Matthew 6:26 Look at the birds of the air, they do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Matthew 10:29 Are not two sparrows, those same sparrows, sold for a penny? They're not that valuable are not two sparrows sold for a penny, yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside of your father's care. Why are we fearful in this life? We're fearful in this life because we're afraid that God will not provide. We're afraid that God is going to fail us. Now, you may not say that out loud. You may not even realize that this is what we're thinking But internally, we think that God must not care for me as much as he does the sparrow worth a penny. Which, of course, neither of these could be further from the truth. But this is the mentality that fuels this root of fear in our life that can lead us to miss so many impactful opportunities to meet the needs of this community and the kingdom of God. This fear that says, I can't step out of my comfort zone. Somebody else is going to need to meet that need if we want to be effective tools for the kingdom of God, if we want to make Christ known to the ends of the earth, we must humble ourselves. We must accept that the power in us to accomplish great things is not our power, but the power of the Lord. Could you imagine what would happen if we, just just us, this group of people sitting here this morning, what that would look like In this city, if we all applied this to our life. If we began to trust in God first and ask questions second. In just a few minutes, we're gonna gonna go our separate ways and we're gonna have very different weeks. But I I believe that there will every single one of us will have opportunities this week to meet needs, to faithfully serve, obediently serve, to meet challenges. Could you imagine if we boldly trusted in God to meet our needs within the opportunities that He provides us? If we boldly followed God into places that we would never take ourselves? Whenever I hear or speak um, in this kind of setting on this idea of faithfully following into unnatural places, following in ways that we would never do Upon our own strength or desire, I always think back to an illustration that Pastor Mark gave. It was probably a couple of years ago at this point. Maybe some of you will remember it. But Pastor Mark gave this illustration regarding blind downhill skiers. I want you to think about that for a second. Blind downhill skiers. For one, that sounds incredibly dangerous and probably foolish. How does this work? Well, the way that it works is the blind person, you know, is Skiing, and it's not just going down like a recreational hill. This is like competitive, going through the flags, and there's direction. There's a there's a path that these skiers need to take. Well, they have a guide behind them, skiing down the hill with them, with basically a microphone speaking into the earpiece of the skier, telling them go left, go right, turn now, go further left, and the skier listens. And the skier follows the direction of the guide behind them. The skier trusts the guide completely. Literally, the definition of blind faith. Knowing that the guide would never steer them wrong and is worthy to be trusted. The skier is literally putting their life in the hands in trust and faith and the good guidance of the guide behind them. What would our lives look like If we had as much faith in God as these skiers do their guides. If when God tells us left, if we just went left without hesitation. Because we know that this is the direction that is best for us. Because God would not point us in the wrong direction. If God said, stop your car and go talk to this crying person on the side of the road. Or maybe, again, the person standing behind you in line at the grocery store if our faith and trust in God would lead us to a place of simple obedience, how much more joy and fulfillment would our life have? How much more impactful would we be in this world? It may take us in a direction we would never take ourselves. It may put us way out of our comfort zone. But that's the point of faith. We know that, just like these skiers' guides will not steer them into danger, God will not steer you into danger, even if at times in our insecurity and fear, it may seem that way. before we we conclude this morning, I want to leave us all with three challenges, three applications for every single one of us to take into this coming week. The first, I want you to pray. I want you to specifically, I want you to pray for opportunities to make an impact. I want you to pray for opportunities to speak to someone. I have never in my life prayed, gotten up in the morning, and prayed for an opportunity to reach someone. And God not given me someone to reach that day. Not once. The problem isn't the effectiveness of that prayer, the problem is that I don't pray that nearly enough. This week, pray for people to reach. Second, we need to humble ourselves. We, we need to go into these situations knowing that we operate upon the Lord's strength, not our own. That we are not strong enough to accomplish the tasks that God puts before us effectively. If you walk into kingdom work proudly, you won't be effective. And most likely, God will use that opportunity to humble you. Thirdly, and I, and I say this boldly, when God gives you an opportunity this week, because I truly believe if you are praying for an opportunity to reach someone, God will present you with someone to reach. When God presents an opportunity to you this week, which I believe He will, I want you to respond like a blind downhill skier. With so much trust and faith that it's basically a reflex. You don't have to pause and think and weigh the pros and cons because you trust in the Almighty God who loves you enough to send His Son to die for you. I tell you that if God loves you enough to send His Son to die for you, He's not going to point you into harm. If God loves you enough to die for you, He will certainly equip you for the tasks in which He calls you to. The question is, do you trust Him enough to follow Him completely no matter where it might take you? I pray that our obedience to God within our weakness demonstrates the awesomeness of God and that the world sees a mighty God who is not a distant God but who is a personal God who lives in each and every one of us working in us to accomplish this. I pray that there are no more missed opportunities out of fear. Let's follow God in faith and trust in Him. I believe that in doing this, we make God known to this world. This is how we impact the world. Obedience in faith to our merciful God who strengthens us. Amen? Let me pray for us. Dear God, Lord, I I pray for every single one of us to get opportunities this week to share the hope that we have, not in this world, but in You. Lord, in those opportunities, I pray for boldness and courage and the faith required to To simply obey. And to not be okay with missed opportunities. Knowing that every missed opportunity is a a person, is a soul in which desperately needs You. God, I pray that You use us. That we are tools for Your kingdom. Effective tools. Efficient tools. Tools that make a difference. God, we are Your people. Use us. God, give us the strength. Lord, we thank You. We pray this in the name of Your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.
2: Amen. Will You stand with us as we sing more song? You unravel me with a melody. You surround me with
1: am no longer a slave to fear. I I pray that we take that with us into this week. Fear has no place in the life of a believer. If you're here this morning, and maybe you're fearful, maybe you're going through something, maybe you're in need of some prayer, maybe you're Uh, Maybe you need to meet this Jesus that is the reason we're no longer a slave to fear. I would encourage you to slip forward this morning. We have prayer counselors by the organ. They would love to pray with you. They would love to, to hear about what you're going through. And they would certainly love to introduce you to our Savior, Jesus Christ. Let me pray for us. God, we just pray that you dismiss us this morning with your blessing, with uh, your strength with your courage and your boldness that we are effective on fire disciples seeking to make you known to this world to offer up this world the hope that we have an eternal life with you in heaven by the gift of your son Jesus Christ God we thank you We pray this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Have a great week.